I love stories. I always have. It's probably one of my favorite ways to learn. When I was a young child, I remember meeting a long-term missionary from Africa, Marty Ensign. She was so kind and dignified and told the most wonderful stories. Two weeks ago, we aired an interview I did with Marty as she was helping us reading through the classic book, The Hiding Place, written by her old friend and Holocaust survivor, Corey Timboom. After the recording, she'd mentioned to me that Corey always liked to hear her stories, particularly the one about Bignoni. And we happened to have a recording of that story from many years ago. And so here it is, as well as a short conversation I had with Marty about storytelling. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. Is there anything you would want to say to people about the recordings, about the stories that might be helpful as a kind of introduction to them? Just that I learned very long ago uh, through your father that I am not a writer. I just can't get things down, you know, like I want. So I really appreciated the chance to record it with accents and emphasis and things like that. It made it much easier for me, and I think it's been well-received. So. Mm-hmm. That was a fun night. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Lynn was there and all those people. That was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. How did you get into storytelling? When I was a little kid, we had a, a pastor who could just glue the kids to their seats with stories. And I liked it so much. Then when I became an adult and we became friends, I really asked God because he was getting near the end of his life. And I just told God if he wanted to give me any gifts, you know, I wasn't interested in tongues or anything like that, but (laughs) I would really love to have a gift like Ernie did and and, uh, started then. Uh, It was an answered prayer. (laughs) That's good. I mean, there's something about the kind of presence you bring to stories and the inflections in your voice that's just so inviting and helpful. Yeah, well, it must be a gift then, because <laughs> it is something you can put on. I remember you telling the story of Benioni, and that's a story of deliverance, really. And yet it's a different, different kind of way. Yeah. Can you tell that? Yeah, somebody yeah. T- said that Americans love a tragedy with a happy ending. <laughs> so we do. We like to hear stories that, you know, may be really dramatic. But in the end, you know, we want God to answer like he did for Stephen. Bignoni was also Hutu, wrong class, because you see in Burundi, the Tutsis have ruled for a long time, and they still are very much in charge. They have the police force, the army, every power is invested in them. And we were in a time of real political turmoil. And we had a dear friend that we had kind of watched grow up from a little high school boy through teachers' college. His name was Bignoni. And his name in Kirundi means little bird because he was always singing and whistling. And he, our people are not known for their musical ability. But he just had a gift from God. 
And he was just one of these persons who was total leadership, just always came to the top. When he was at teacher training college at Kivimba, he was the president of the student body. And he often led the chapel services. And then we got a Christian radio station in the capital city of Bujumbura, and Bignoni did a lot of the music. He couldn't afford a guitar, so he made one. He just crewed materials, you know, and strings and tuned it up. And he just sang and sang. And uh, finished college very well and was appointed to a school not too far from our station. And he hadn't taught there, I think, two years. And he was made the director, what we call in America, principal. And then this awful time hit and people were afraid. And the Tutsis were killing off any leadership, any educated things that they thought might threaten their government. Like if men wore a shirt and tie or... Or if you had a radio in your compound or something, it could be cause for them to take you out. So one day they went to Bignoni's school. Five young soldiers with their guns and went to the principal's office, called him out. They said, come on. Now, Bignoni had a cute little sense of humor. And he said, "Uh, sir, I don't think I'm the one you want. I mean... I don't talk politics. He said, I don't even mention the president's name. You know, and they had their little clipboard with their list, and they said, call your teachers. We have our orders. Uh, He had 11 teachers in that elementary school, and he called them out, and the soldiers are herding them up the hill to get them away from the view of the children. And about halfway up there, one of the little teachers just fell apart, little Mariko, Mark, He just started sobbing, and he said to the soldiers, he said, "Uh, shoot me first. He said, please, I can't stand to see you hurt my friends here. And Bignoni stepped up and said, no, I'm your leader. They'll take my life first, and you'll see how glorious it is to go right into the presence of Christ. And then he turned to the soldiers, and he said, would you let me pray for you? They Those people are very superstitious about death. They froze. They had never heard anything like this, but they finally decided, okay. And Bignoni started to pray, and his teachers took courage. They had a lot of faith in Bignoni's prayers. They thought, he's going to pray for our deliverance, and we're going to get out of this. And he did pray for his teachers, but he prayed mostly that they would stay courageous that if they died, God would take care of their families, their wives, and their children, that it would be a testimony. But he spent most of his prayer on the soldiers. He said, God, you know these men are going to do something that they'll never get away from. Please send them to someone right away who will tell them about your forgiveness so they don't have to carry this burden any longer. Well, the soldiers didn't know what to do. They had a little, what we call inama, a little talk, and they said, what do you do with men like this? We can't can't do this. And their lieutenant, the young lieutenant, said, look, they're on the list. We have our orders. If we don't do this and we get back to the army camp, we'll, we'll be killed. Now, we've got to do it. So they went on up the hill, and when they got near the top of the hill, Bignoni turned around and looked at him and said, would you let me sing to you? They said, oh, dear. And they finally consented. And Bignoni started the old hymn, Out of my bondage, sorrow, and night. Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. 
into the glorious home of your light, Jesus, I come to you. He sang through the first verse. As he got to the second verse, his teachers were getting courageous. They joined him. So there were 12 of our friends standing on that hilltop singing. Any of you know what the last verse is? Out of the fear and dread of the tomb, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come into the glorious light of your home. Jesus, I come to you. They had sung through all four verses. The soldiers were actually trembling as they took up their rifles. And on that hilltop that day shot every one of our friends and killed them. Now, since they were all killed, don't you wonder how we got this story? That night, as the soldiers got back into Gitega near the army camp, one of our Quaker missionary friends told us that they went to the nearest pub and got as drunk as they could, as fast as they could, to try to wipe out from their minds the memory of what they had done that day. But that young lieutenant didn't take a drop. And that night, as soon as it was dark, he went to the Christian Literature Center and he called out the old Quaker missionary lady, Esther Choate, who had actually been born out there and spoke Kirundi as well or better than they did. And in the shadow of their cedar hedge, like Nicodemus of old, he said, Madame, could you please tell me what kind of a god this is? I have never seen anyone die like that. I want to serve a god like that. And very gently, Aunt Esther led him into a saving faith in Jesus Christ, and he felt the lifting of that load of guilt and forgiveness and, and light and joyful and forgiven. He went back to the army camp telling everybody what Jesus could do. He gathered people around him. He started a Bible study. But after a few months, they actually shot that young lieutenant to keep him quiet. But you see, by that time, there were hundreds of Christians in the army camp and churches springing up and revival. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So God is at work in the world, completing the big picture and building his church all around the globe. If you'd like to hear more stories from Marty, we've posted 12 of them. You can find it on our website, renovare.org. Under the Resource tab, click Video and Audio, and the recordings are titled, An Evening with Madamo. Have a great week.